the markets really reacted very favorably to our presence in the DC market. And given our PTAB experience, our ITC experience, it's been just a great development for our clients and for uh, future and potentially new clients. And so exciting time. Welcome to IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield. Scott McEwen is a shareholder in Wolf Greenfield's post-grant proceedings practice. Based in the firm's Washington, D.C. office, Scott focuses his practice on high-stakes matters before the U.S. Patent Trial and Appeal Board, Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit, and related patent litigation matters. Recognized as one of the top PTAB trial attorneys in the United States, Scott is also a frequent speaker and author on various intellectual property topics, and his award-winning blog can be read and followed at patentspostgrant.com. In this edition of IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield, Scott offers his insight on some of the biggest PTAB developments over the past year and things we should be watching here in 2024. Scott, thanks for joining us. Can you share some changes at the PTAB in 2023 that have changed the practice? In 2023, we largely saw a continued evolution of what Director Vidal had started in 2022. And, and the primary change was the rollback, so to speak, of discretionary denial practices. Prior to Director Vidal taking the director's seat, there was a practice of denying PTAB trial petitions for parallel litigation. In a lot of cases, this was litigation that was filed in Texas district courts. And because those courts have a very fast docket, the PTAB had developed a practice of taking a look at those upcoming trial dates. And if they were close enough to the date at which the PTAB would provide its own decision, they would use their discretion to effectively state that, well, you know, since the district court has invested a lot of time and effort and they seem to be coming to a conclusion here that will actually beat us to the punch. We will deny these petitions on that basis. And so when Director Vidal came into the office, she rolled that back a bit to allow petitioners in some cases to file a stipulation to to make clear that they wouldn't be pursuing the same challenges in those faster forums. Therefore, there really wasn't any inefficiency. And so some of the, we'll just call it case law development that was coming out of the PTAC got into some of those situations and then what the stipulations needed to look like and when uh, parties might be able to supplement the record in, in certain respects as to those schedules. So that was one continuous change that we saw driving forward in 2023. I would say the other was an increased effort on behalf of the agency to be more transparent in terms of how they were handling some of the director review requests or how the director was treating those requests once they came in the door, what personnel were involved in deciding thumbs up or thumbs down, whether or not certain questions should be reviewed. So it was not terribly eventful year from the perspective of practitioners and that there was any one case that I could point to and say, this was a big change and we'll be citing this case for years to come. But more of, I would say, the the PTAB now, 12 years into its existence, sort of hitting somewhat of a steady state. And so the refinements at this point are are just that. Incremental changes to the practice without some of the more notable and noteworthy cases that we saw in, in years leading up to 2023. What are some of the PTAB developments you're looking at this year? Well, we're into an election year, and so historically, we're coming into the last bit of term for Director Vidal. So some of the things I'm looking at is is what's coming next down the pike in terms of 
politically appointed directors, and, and we'll have to see which way the uh, election goes to determine what policy changes there will be. But until that time, we do have a rule package that has been released, at least to the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs, and, and presumably will be released to the public here as a notice of proposed rulemaking in the next, we'll say, two to three months. My expectation for that rule package is it will be very modest the title of the rule package at this point is the only thing that's public, and the title of the rule package indicates that it will be very sort of ministerial changes to existing practices on, for example, whether or not prior art cited in an IDS might be on its own considered previously considered without any commentary in the record. So I think that's clarified. We have some clarification on filing of settlement documents for settlements that happened pre-institution and one or two other changes that basically codify current serial petitioning practices and, and will provide for extra pages for briefing discretionary denial issues. But that's really it. More interesting is, is what is not in the rule package. That is, after an advance notice of proposed rulemaking that was uncharacteristically broad in terms of proposing a number of ideas, some of them very controversial, some of them perhaps not even in the power of the Patent Office to implement. Now that we're coming to the close of the administration here, what we're seeing is a very modest rule set that includes none of those controversial proposals. And, and again, no one's really seen these rules, but my understanding from those that have seen them is that they are not controversial. And in an election year, controversial rules would not get through in any event. So that's why the expectation here is very modest incremental changes, but I am watching that right now. The Federal Circuit's in select ruling has had significant implications for patent portfolios. Why is this something in-house counsel should focus on and what are some tips for them? It is a significant ruling as a case that I was personally involved in and filed those re-examinations. I think more concerning from perhaps a life sciences perspective, given that this case relates to double patenting and patent term adjustment, and given patents in the unpredictable arts, life sciences in particular, tend to have a lot of value at the end. It is something that needs to be watched. And right now it is sort of the law of the land, so to speak, that if you are patenting indistinct claims across continuation applications, for example, if you're not careful and not paying attention and you don't have a terminal disclaimer in place for those conflicting claim sets, you know, it could be that you may lose one of a group of patents that has the longest amount of patent term adjustment. It's been getting a lot of attention for that reason, and again, especially from life sciences companies. And on the other side of the coin, with the predictable arts, the electronics, the tech, you know, those patents tend to be at least generally speaking, not as big of a concern on the back end as they are on the front end because that technology changes so quickly. But, you know, for standard-based patents or patents that really are pioneering also need to be very careful, especially when you're asserting these patents toward the end of their term, that if you're not looking at double patenting issues, one of those patents, perhaps the one with the longest term and, and the largest damage footprint, could be invalidated by double patenting. So it is a noteworthy case. And there are some companion cases to NRA Select that are coming up to the Federal Circuit this year that have slightly different fact patterns and a lot of attention will be given to those cases. 2023 was an exciting time of growth for Wolf Greenfield and the Washington, D.C. office. You and a number of other notable colleagues joined. What do you see on the horizon for the D.C. office here in 2024? 
Yeah, it's been an exciting year. Uh, obviously, I joined in, in August, and uh, the office itself was launched in March of 2023. So it's been a year of significant growth. We've got 12 attorneys already in a, you know less than a year, and my guess is we will be doubling that probably you know, within next year or certainly getting close to it. The market's really reacted very favorably to our presence in the D.C. market, and it's been just a great development for our clients and for uh, future and potentially new clients. And so exciting. Uh, exciting time and looking forward to 2024. Our thanks to Scott McEwen for joining us on this episode of IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield. We hope you'll subscribe to our series of conversations related to IP matters on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on legal matters related to IP, we invite you to visit our website at www.wolfgreenfield.com. Thanks again for joining us on this edition of IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield.